Hey friends, happy Friday. Can we just talk about this rat race? Have you heard that analogy, the rat race? Let's talk about that today. And now let's hear a word from our sponsor. Hey friends, welcome to Healing the Broken Mind podcast. Are you ready for our healing journey this morning? I hope you are. Today may be the day that God heals your broken mind. Let's get started. In the midst of all you have to do, it's okay to just take a moment. So let's take a moment. Hey friends, for our Take a Moment segment this morning, I just want to apologize for posting this episode so late in the day. Um, I had so much going on this week um, with my body and with the things that was happening in my life and my job, and I've just been a little overwhelmed this week, but I wanted to get an episode in this week for my faithful listeners. I'm so honored that you take the time to listen to my podcast Truly, truly, it blesses me to know um, when I see the um, numbers pop up of the people that are listening to the Healing the Broken Mind podcast. You are a blessing to me. Know that I don't take you for granted. And I just want to tell you that I'm not taking it for granted that you take the time to listen to me. Thank you, friends. I will see you next week. Okay, so what is the rat race? I'm sitting here today. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I've worked all week. I'm contemplating my weekend. What's going to happen? What am I going to spend my time doing? And all of a sudden, it comes to mind that I'm tired of the rat race. Like, what? what is that all about? And I've been thinking about um, one of my favorite uh, preachers that I like to listen to has been talking about spending your time wisely on earth. You know, like, stop wasting your time doing things that don't really mean anything. They're not going to amount to anything in the end. Why are we constantly wasting our time? When we talk about the rat race, we're talking about this idea that you're in this endless pursuit that's that's basically pointless because there's no point to it. Um, because at the end, you have to wonder what, what is, what is really going to matter when I die, when I leave here, what is going to matter in the end? So I felt like I was rambling a few minutes ago. (laughs) Sorry, y'all. But a definition of the rat race, I'm going to read to you the definition that I just pulled up online. It literally says it's a way it's a rat race is an endless self-defeating or pointless pursuit. And there's another definition says it's a way of life in which people are caught up in the fiercely competitive struggle for wealth or power. And it's exhausting really when you watch how if you just go on social media and watch the way the competition there is to get your attention 
There's an ad for everything. And everybody's trying to do an online business. And please don't think I'm trying to knock what anybody's trying to do. My point is, what is our objective? What about what is our overall objective? Now, some people have legitimate reasons why they choose to do what they do. They're trying to make a life. That's that's mainly what people will say. They're trying to make a life for their family. They're trying to provide for their family. And I get that. But what about those people that spend 70, 80 hours a week working and you hear about their children who feel like they were neglected, even though their parents might have provided everything materialistically that they could possibly want. But at the end of the day, their children felt neglected. And I, um, I think, I don't know if I was reading something or I saw something on the news about this woman who, um, oh, I was, I know what it was. I was watching the Golden Girls. Um, I know I'm like only 45, y'all, but I love that show. It's like one of those feel-good shows that you can watch and laugh, and you don't have to worry about anything, you know, crazy out of the woodworks coming. Um, um, you can watch it at peace without worrying about bad words and so forth. It's a family-friendly show pretty much. And I believe it was it's Blanche. Blanche was talking about how hurtful it felt that her kids, even though they were 30 years old, they still reached out to the nanny that watched them instead of her. They still uh, resented her for not spending the time she should have spent with them when they were little. She let her nanny and, and all these other people take care of them except her. And that's one of the things I think about when I think about the rat race. Like, um, it doesn't necessarily have to mean that you're in pursuit of wealth. But sometimes um, we don't stop and realize, appreciate the things that we say we're working toward. We don't appreciate the things that we have um, <clears throat> that we say that we're doing, we're in the rat race for is what I'm trying to say. We just keep going and going, and then it's almost like it's no point sometimes because you're going and going. It's like watching that little rat or uh, mouse go around this little wheel. I can't remember the actual, but it's a wheel. They keep going around, and it's just endless. He's trying to accomplish something, but he's doing the same thing over and over again. You know, we all know that that is the definition of insanity, so... It's like this rat race that we're in. What is? What are you really doing? What are you really pursuing? So how do we get out of the rat race? Um, how do we put our life in perspective and get to the to the real meaning of why we why we're here on Earth? I guess it get, goes back to uh, the the age old question of what is my purpose. I believe if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you have an overall purpose to establish His kingdom on the earth. Now that sounds like a huge uh, thing that you 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 can't accomplish. But really, what it means is bringing to light His principles. 
God's uh, will in the earth. And we do that by walking in his precepts, doing what it is he calls us to do. What does he call us to do? Just as a Christian, I'm not talking about your title, uh, what you call, what you feel you're called into the ministry to do. I'm talking about just as an everyday Christian, what are you called to do? You call to love everybody. You know, I, it's a, it's a, it amazes me how selective Christians are about who they love and who they treat well. But that's, that's for another time. But he calls us to love. He calls us to treat our neighbor as we would treat ourselves. Love him. Love him more than we love ourselves. And he calls us to live a life that represents him well. You know, so many of us um, live lives that if God was, if you knew God was really looking at you, what would he think of how you live your life? Uh, what would he think of that? I, I, I think about things like that sometimes. What am I doing that um, is not pleasing to God? What, what, what am I doing that God would look at me and say, really? Really? And don't get me wrong. God knows us. He knows that we're human. He knows we have flaws and all of that. I'm just saying, in the, in, the, in the scope of our lives, what is your purpose? What are you doing to accomplish the agenda of God in your life? If you're a believer, what are you doing? Um, are you sharing the gospel with someone? And, and a lot of times we think that means we have to stand on the corner and, and get a microphone and preach to a crowd of everyone that's walking past. Or we think that means we have to uh, put shove the gospel in people's faces. Or we think we have to pass out tracts. I don't know if people still pass out tracts anymore, but I'm from the days when you passed out tracts. And what, what are we doing? What, what it really means is to just live your life in a way that represents who God is to you. And it, it makes other people, it, it, the Bible says, if you exalt, if you lift his name up, he, he will draw all men unto him. If your life glorifies God, meaning if you live in a way that makes people wonder what, what are you doing uh, you must be serving a good God because now they want to be a part of what you are. They want to be around you. They want to do what you do. They want to be involved. How, how, did, how does she live like that? How does she constantly walk around with that kind of confidence? Not arrogance, confidence. And uh, not let anything bother you or move you. Now, we know we don't always have, it doesn't always happen like that. But overall, you need to be living a life that makes other people want to live a life like you're living. And I'm not talking about materialistically because we get it twisted. We think our things are what makes us who we are. And I mean, it's almost sickening to think of the way so many believers are so caught up in the things that they have or the things that they can get. And they think that that matters in the end. 
At the end of the day, when you leave here and you face God, your car, your house, your vacations, none of that stuff is going to matter. Do you think God cares that you flew across the country or to another country to chill out and take a break? That doesn't matter to God. What did you do while you were in that country? Did you live a life that drew people to, to him? Did you, did you treat the doorman nicely so he can look at you and say, this is a nice woman? I want to know what kind of life she is. I want to know, is, I wonder if she's a Christian. That's the kind of thing that God is looking for. We, he's not looking for the stuff that we seem to put at the top of our priority list a lot of times. And I know I'm doing a lot of rambling today, but it's just been on my heart that we're just in this rat race. And sometimes we don't even know why we're pursuing the things we're pursuing. Um, I just want to tell you, friends, to just focus on what's important in life. Focus on what's important in life because at the end of your life, what is really going to matter? Is it going to matter that you bought five new outfits every week or a couple of times a month? Is it going to matter? Are little things like that going to matter? Or is it going to matter how you treat someone? Did you help someone along the way with all the things that God has blessed you with? Did you lend a helping hand? Did you share your knowledge? Did you, you, oh, oh, I know we're in the business of selling everything now. And that doesn't mean you can't make money. What I'm saying is everything shouldn't be about making money. Something you do should just be because you care, because you love people, because you want people to do well and not just you do well. I, I, when I think of things I want in my future, the dreams I see, the vision God has given me, it's never just me being blessed. I always see other people, family members, friends. I never want to be that person that has all the wealth and all of the uh, money, and I just have it for me. If, I, if God blesses me the way I know he will, I intend to be like Abraham, blessed to be a blessing to others. We, we just live in such a selfish generation now. We're in this race to do what? To, to accomplish what? To accomplish things that won't even matter when you die. Oh, I know they'll put a few extra letters behind your name on obituary, and maybe that'll make your uh, family members feel proud of what you think you did because you got a certain level of education. But at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. I'm just saying, get all the education you want, but put it into perspective. What are you going to use it for? That is what matters. What are you going to use the education you get for? Are you just getting it just so you can have it? Or are you getting it so you can better yourself so that you can help other people? We have to put our perspectives, put, put our life into perspective is what I'm saying. Um, I, I'm just really trying to encourage you to focus on uh, what's important in life. Prioritize your life, my friends, because a lot of that stuff that we consume ourselves with affects our mental health. 
and we wonder why we're anxious and depressed, it's because you put your focus on things that really doesn't matter. Now, that's not a, a solution to everybody's issue, but that does resolve a lot of the issues a lot of people deal with when it comes to mental health. We get consumed with the little bitty things that really don't matter instead of focusing on the important things in life. Okay, friends, I know I've been going on and on this morning, but that is just what's been on my heart today. Um, let's put things into perspective. Focus on the things that really matter. I want you to give yourself an assignment. What do you want people to say about you when you leave this earth? But more importantly, what do you want God to say about you? What do you want God's opinion of you to be? And you got to live your life thinking about that. What's God's opinion of me? Okay, friends, that's it for today. I've been it enough. I hope I've helped you kind of think about how you can put your life into perspective and stop focusing on this little stuff that doesn't even matter. Focus on the things that matter. I love you, friends, and remember, God truly wants to heal your broken mind. Don't forget our Bible study. Um, stay tuned for it, okay? Stay tuned for our one-minute Bible study. Okay, friends, for our Bible study this morning, we're going to be reading Matthew 6 and 33. And it says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. That's one of my favorite uh, verses in the Bible. It's simply God telling us that we need to seek his kingdom first. But let me give you a little bit of context for this scripture. Jesus is talking to his disciples. This is the same chapter where he teaches them what we have, uh, know to be the model prayer, our Father which art in heaven, and so on. He is talking to them about the importance of not laying up, tre laying up treasures in heaven and not on earth. And he begins to explain to them that you can't serve two masters. You can't serve God and mammon. What is mammon? Mammon is money. You can't serve money and God. You say, how do I serve money? You serve money by living a life that is constantly focused on making more money so you can do this, do that, do that, do this and that. It's okay to have money. Don't get me wrong. And a lot of people misquote that other famous scripture we like to hear that the uh, money is the root of all evil. But that is not what it says. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. A love of money, that means you can't love money more than you love God. You need to love God and seek his kingdom, meaning his way of doing things first. Mean focus your life on serving God 
and everything else will fall into place. You said things just don't happen. You got to make them happen. I understand that concept. But if you put God in ahead of your life, let's give let me give you an example. If you're in a business deal, and um, and and, and I don't want to, I'm not gonna. Uh, I got this idea from another preacher. I don't want to steal somebody's word, but the um, Bishop Archbishop Duncan Williams was talking about this, and um, I'm gonna paraphrase a, a little bit, but he was talking about how. Most other religions outside of Christianity focus on, they, they make religion their life. Their religion is how they live their life. An example he gave was if they were in a business deal, they would, they would, go, they would uh, pray about what they're doing. I know a lot of Christians say they pray about things and they pray about everything, but um, he used the example that um, Muslims, when they are, say you came into their um, shop or their business or whatever, you offered them a million dollars to buy whatever they have. And it is the time for them to have prayer. They will not accept that money at that time. They'll tell you, you need to come back after prayer time. They will not do business with you doing prayer. What is that saying? They're fo- they're they're focusing on what they believe, what their uh um their prayer, their prayer life, their God is more important than your money. And we as Christians have to follow an example like that. I'm not telling you to look to the Muslim to be your example, but we can look to that kind of commitment. Seek first the kingdom of God. Focus on God and everything else will fall into place. Do you think if we chose God over a million dollars that God would not make a way for you to have that million dollars and then some? Because you've chosen him first. That's how God operates. Every seed you sow is going to be uprooted. It's going to be um, come up for a harvest. So whatever seed you put in the ground, that's what's going to come up. And how many of you know more? Uh, not when when you plant one seed, it's not just one uh, plant comes up. Multiple uh, plants come can come up out of one seed. You know, like a um, you plant a, a a watermelon seed, and you get a whole a huge watermelon. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Put Him first. You know, we're so consumed with other things a lot of times that we forget what we need to put in perspective. I feel like I'm rambling a little bit, but I hope you understand the point I'm trying to make. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, meaning seek God's way of doing things. And he'll take care of the rest for you, meaning he'll give you favor. For that door to be open he'll give you favor for that business to thrive if you say this business is dedicated to god and we're going to honor god through this business you're giving that business to god you allowing him to be a first in your life um i like the way chick-fil-a doesn't open on a sunday um my husband and i we don't do business on sunday that's 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 not just something we're doing we did that as a way of saying we're gonna honor god this day 
We're not going to work seven days a week. We're going to rest on the seventh day and we're going to honor God. And we're going to go to church on this day. We're not going to take the time we could go to church and worship God with our fellow Christians and, and, and spend it worrying about making money. We are trusting God to bless those six days. And that seventh day, we're going to give that to him. That is what I'm talking about. Seeking the kingdom of God first. And then all these other things will be added onto you. God bless your friends. Hey friends, if you don't know the Lord Jesus as your personal savior, I want to give you this opportunity to accept him into your hearts today. It's not complicated. It's very simple. All you have to do is repent of your sins and accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. If you don't know the right words to say, simply say these words after me. Lord, I repent of every sin, anything that I've done wrong that may not have been pleasing in your sight. And I ask you to forgive me. Lord, I ask that you come into my heart and make me, make me your child. Make me one of yours. Lord, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. You sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins and the sins of the whole world. And I accept your sacrifice. And I ask you to now be Lord of my life. And Father, please fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I can truly have a way to live in this world with your truth. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And with that simple prayer, friends, you have become a believer. Find you a good Bible-based church, a church that really teaches the true word of God. It doesn't matter what the denomination is, as long as they're teaching the true word of God. And get in church. And it doesn't have to be physical church right now because so many churches aren't open. But get into a good Bible-based church online or in um, physical and get to know the Lord Jesus through his word. God bless you, friends. I love you. But God loves you best.